0: And thank you for joining us today. I'm Bill English for The Bible and Business. Uh, What we're going to be talking about in this set of podcasts is networking. And the idea that we're after is building a strong referral network and how essential that is to success in business. Today we have with us two accomplished professionals who understand how to build their business by building a strong referral network. Uh, We have Bill Bojan today and... Uh, Johan Genvik. So Bill, why don't you start out and introduce yourself to us and what you do and what your business is and uh, let us know a little bit about yourself.
1: Thank you, Bill. My name is Bill Bojan. I am the founder and CEO of Integrated Governance Solutions, which is a company that uh, we started about seven and a half years ago, really to uh, equip leaders to govern wisely and help create the next generation of how we govern in our marketplace and how we create healthy I trust relationships in the new economy so first I'll just uh, start with the most important things um, uh, I'm, I'm a husband to my wife Justine for going on 28 years now and we have two children Caitlin who is 25 currently in her third year of medical school and Brian who is uh, 23 uh, graduate of University of st. Thomas and actually uh, works for dad now in our in our business here I, I started this seven and a half years ago uh, integrated governance solutions with the real belief that we need to do better in our business world and in our economy of how we govern. Kind of the the career experiences that led me to this place is uh, I was a partner with Arthur Anderson, actually for a number of years uh, in their risk management uh, consulting area. Actually was a partner with the firm when Enron happened and watched this venerable 80-year-old global firm literally crumble in in a matter of weeks. Wow. And that is... um, this goes to show you how important important governance is. I then actually uh, went to one of my largest clients, which is a Fortune 20 healthcare company, and ran their uh, risk management area and um, became the company's first chief risk and chief ethics officer. And uh, these were great experiences for me, along with the deepening of my faith, uh, to start realizing, again, that we needed to do better. Um, and at the The second organization I was with, while it was a very successful, still is a very successful company. Um, They ran into some issues themselves around options backdating and a few other things that really impacted the organization. So it really, really birthed a a passion in me for how to govern more wisely. And uh, as I began to really become a, a student or a disciple, if you will, of this, I started to realize that the Holy Trinity is actually the perfect governing model. And we've taken a lot of those truths, a lot of biblical truths, and begin to begin to build those into a better way to govern. And but on very practical levels. So what, what we do uh, first, I would say that governance—the meaning of the word—is to steer, to navigate. Um, that's what governance means. And mm-hmm. so as you look at all the aspects of how we govern, it's it's how we steer, it's how we navigate our organizations. And I think we can all see that in today's world um, of some of the major macro forces of globalization technology and now the social revolution our navigation systems need to go to the next level i often use an analogy that our navigation systems used to be a lot like locomotives or i should say our the risk profile of our organizations were a lot like locomotives we're on a rail we can regulate the speed but there's um uh, we have to try pretty hard to uh, derail the organization today we're, we're 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 flying very sophisticated fighter jets crossing oceans, highly technical organizations that we're running, and yet the navigation systems of those organizations still have a lot of characteristics of the locomotives. And so our calling, really our mission, is to um, help organizations really um, move to a new level, a next generation of governing, get their navigation systems uh, where they need to be, in line with um, and, you know the sophistication and complexity of today's environment.
0: So if I were to ask you, <clears throat> and I will ask you, who is who is your ideal customer?
1: I would say our ideal customer are, are really those um, those leaders who realize that they have a stewardship responsibility and um, view the organization as something that is here to serve its constituents, here to serve society, and to have a navigation system that is as good as it can be and. Based on biblical principles, is what their responsibility and stewardship is as a leader. We, we look for organizations that are led by high, you know, smart, progressive, thinking leaders, but ones that uh, also realize that their, their leadership is a stewardship and that we can't be too good at how mm-hmm. we govern. And in and, and many ways, even at a deeper level, Uh, leaders that want to govern in a God-honoring
0: way. So your ideal customer is probably a publicly held company as opposed to privately held, or would I be mistaken in asking it that way?
1: Well, it's interesting, actually. Um, Some of our earliest clients have actually been privately held companies. But really what we're bringing to the table, and we've over the last seven and a half years really developed very practical solutions on how to create a better board, how to manage risk more effectively, how to be in better compliance with the things we need to be in compliance with, all those aspects of governing or navigating the organization, and what we have found is it really relates to all industries, large companies, small companies, private, public, for-profit, non-profit.
0: So uh, if you're listening to the podcast and you want to know how to get a hold of Bill, you may want to pause for just a moment, get a a pen and paper, or get your iPad out, but uh, Bill, I'll ask you this, how would a business owner or a business leader or a ministry leader get a hold of you? Uh, if they wanted to learn more about what you do,
1: well, first they can go out to our our website, um, Integrated Governance, www.integratedgovernance.com, or our product website is www.solomon365.com, and uh, my email address is William. Bojan at Integrated Governance, one word, integratedgovernance.com.
0: And so also with us today is uh, Johan Genvik, and Johan, why don't you introduce yourself uh, to our audience?
2: My name is Johan Genvik, and I work with a large employee benefits and risk management consulting firm based in Chicago, Illinois, and my area of focus is working with organizations with regards to their employee benefit and value proposition as an employer. And when I work with organizations, my conversation really starts with their investment in people And really understanding everything from top down from compensation to benefits to retirement all the way down to free coffee, how they are working to attract, retain, engage, and retire their workforce, their top talent that they're working to attract to be a productive organization. And once I have a firm grasp on that, I want to understand how they administer their benefits to their employees. I want to understand if they're using a paper enrollment type system they use an electronic system, or if they've considered more more recent technologies around a private marketplace for health insurance and other benefits. And it's at that point where we really start a dialogue around what success looks like for their team, what success would look like as an organization if if they didn't have any issues attracting top talent, and if they could just make it really easy on their team as far as the onboarding and offboarding process. Once we've got a firm grasp on an administration of an organization, I really want to understand what choices they're offering to their employees. A recent survey that my firm completed said that 97% of organizations offered between one and three medical plans. And many organizations have at least two, maybe three or even four generations of employees working there. So my challenge to organizations a lot of times is that one to, is that one to three medical plans meeting the needs of your 40, 50, 60 year age spectrum of your organization. And that's just age demographics. That doesn't take into consideration stratifying different family structures and needs. So then the conversation becomes about communication. And with healthcare reform and the rising costs of healthcare, as we, we are all experiencing, it's my personal belief that an organization's ability to educate and empower their employees to become better consumers is where they can have an impact on driving down or at least slowing down the increases in, in, in insurance costs. You've got that in your mind's eye as kind of a baseball diamond. Really, the last piece is keeping an organization inside the foul poles with regards to healthcare reform and the rest of the alphabet soup that they've got to address. I, I would say that it's a, it's a challenge for organizations to be 100% compliant And it's really needing to take a risk management approach to the way that they look at everything that they need to do to be regulatorily compliant. So at the end of the day, making sure that you're compliant and then maximizing your investment in people to continue to attract, retain, engage, and retire them in a meaningful way.
0: Who is the ideal customer for you? And I believe you work at Arthur J. Gallagher. Is that correct? That is correct. And so who is the ideal customer for you?
2: I work with organizations, 200 to 3,000 employees in manufacturing, technology, and nonprofit.
0: And if somebody wanted to get a hold of you based on our podcast today, how would they do that?
2: Well, my name's a phonetical nightmare, but <laughs> I can be reached at Johan, J-O-H-A-N underscore Genvik, and that's G-J-E-N-V-I-C-K, at A-J-G, that's for Arthur J. Gallagher, dot Gallagher.com. Otherwise, you can find me easily on LinkedIn. And I'm sure my uh, contact will be uploaded on Bible and Business as well.
0: Well, yeah, I'm, that actually is a great idea. So let's go ahead and then and get started here with uh, a question that I would like to, to ask. And I'm going to ask it in this way. What are the things that you think a person needs to believe about themselves or about the products that they are representing in order to go out and build a strong referral network and ask people to trust them?
2: Bill, I I would jump right off with knowing that the product and the organization that you represent will never cause you to have to apologize for anything. You serve a noble purpose that you add value to organizations. And as a a person, you're forthright and and honest about the work and and really the goal. I've been blessed to be able to work for really strong organizations um, financially and well-respected in their industry. Very recently, Arthur J. Gallagher was awarded for the fourth year in a row the world's most ethical company by the Ethisphere Institute, one of Gallagher's 25 core tenants, and I don't have them all memorized, but I know quite a few by heart. One is we're, we're an open company, we're an open society, and, and that really plays through a lot of the different areas of our organization. And, and one of them is just transparency and being fully transparent Nobody else applied for that award in the first year, uh, as far as brokers are concerned. So we were the only broker that won it the first year, but we were the only broker that applied. In the following three years, there have been a number of other organizations that have applied for that award, and we still continue to be the only insurance and risk management broker consultant organization that has won that award. That just continues to reiterate the work that I do, because I know that our company, from a corporate responsibility perspective, is doing the right things.
0: And, Bill, what what would you think?
1: Just to add to what Johan said, and I completely agree with what he said, um, I think you really need to have a deep-seated belief in what you're doing and be passionate about it and believe it benefits people. And, you know, the other thing that, that strikes me you have to have on the inside as well is that you have to really understand that it's all about authentic relationships, And that you really have to genuinely want to help people. And I'm sure we'll talk more about this as we get into this deeper. But to me, really building a strong, fruitful referral network has to be a two-way street. And you have to go into it wanting to help people, not just wanting to get what you need to get out of it. And I think that that really comes from authentic relationships. The busyness of today and and people's schedules and, and what. I have observed that it takes uh, to really make a true connection with somebody Mm -hmm. and and get them to want to spend their very valuable time and resources um, engaging Mm -hmm. with you.
0: So let's go ahead and dive into that then. What is the process that you use, Bill, to build a strong referral network where people will trust you and when they see a certain situation, they think, oh, I got to get this customer or this situation in front of Bill. What's the process that you use to do that?
1: I would say the first thing, again, is, is really going into this wanting to build a personal connection, a personal relationship with somebody. I've also found that, for me anyway, to have fewer, deeper relationships more than more surface-level relationships actually bear more fruit, at least for me. And so I think really important is to want to go into those those interactions and those relationships, really seeking the good of the other person. And, um, yes, while there may be an objective I have for it, uh, whether it's to, and, and, you know, and what we're doing at Integrated Governance Solutions is really, in a lot of ways, a movement, something we're really trying to create. And so... Over these years, we've um, not only had to develop relationships with with individuals, but also with organizations. Gallagher and Johan is an example of an individual and organization that we've built partnerships with. And it really began with kind of that starting point of wanting to do good things for the other person.
0: So what would you say to the person listening who would uh, almost kind of yelling at the podcast right now and they're saying, you know, I have gone into these business relationships really trying to help the other person, and what I find is that they just suck me dry, and I never get any referrals back. What would you say to that person?
1: Part of that is just is reality, but, but I've also found in my trying to build up an, a personal referral network is, again, really understanding the integrity of the other person, and they have to understand mine. And, again, part of that is I think it's about the relationship first. Uh, I do not start right away saying, hey, this is what I need or what do you need. I actually, I like to start by telling. In fact, a lot of times when I meet someone for the first time, I, I would say, let's let's meet and let's tell our stories. Let's really um, kind of exchange an understanding of where we come from and what's driving us. And, and many times I've been very blessed to be able to meet many people. Where we're able to share our faith together as well. And that's something that I find can be a great connector. The surface level will tend to be much more about what can I get from you. And the least amount that I can give back. And, but the deeper you go in the relationship and it becomes a friendship, it becomes a trusted relationship. And again, if there's a faith connection, all the better. Um, you start really wanting to help the other person, mm-hmm. like really going into it with the feeling of how can I help this person before I'm even thinking about how they can help me.
0: So, Johan, Bill just mentioned about, you know, let's meet and, and tell our stories and, and uh, let's get acquainted What do you do after that to follow up and to stay in touch with uh, people that you're uh, building into your referral network?
2: I really liked what Bill had to say about learning about that person that you're meeting with and just sharing stories to get to know one another. And it's really through that that you develop a mutually beneficial relationship and identify ways that you can support each other. And I feel like every time I meet with Bill – uh, we find another way to lift each other up and another relationship to, to make an introduction. So for me, it's doing a good job of following up. And admittedly, I'm, I'm not a great follow througher or I don't do a great job of following up every time. There's been times where Bill and I have met and, and there was like, I need to introduce you to these three people. And I completely dropped the ball on it. And I'll see him a couple months later. And it's like, I gotta get I gotta get you in front of those guys. And then when I finally do, it's really fruitful and it's been really fun to watch all the different places where IGS has gone, uh, even within Gallagher. And we've made some introductions outside of Gallagher, but the, there's some projects and hopefully we have an opportunity to talk about them that uh, IGS has had an opportunity to get introduced to where it's been in my opinion incredibly impactful.
0: So if I were to summarize, it sounds like out of that first meet and greet meeting, what we're really after is to find out ways that we can continue to connect with that other person, whether it's you know, racquetball or uh, a faith-based uh, relationship, or maybe it's the Vikings, or if you want something happy, it's the twins, something like that, or perhaps, uh, something else. And, and, and we're coming out of that first meeting with some to-dos and then that gives us the basis to keep stay in contact and keep going. Am I reading this correctly?
2: Absolutely. When I meet with someone and finding ways to lift them up or finding ways to benefit them, you know that's one of the things that I learned early on in my career is how can you add value to somebody where you're not going to benefit? And my old manager used to call that a prestige hook, and it was really about finding a way just to add value to them where you weren't going to get paid on it. And that's not what it was about. It was about being helpful and, and adding value. And for me, I get the most joy out of the work that I do when I can help somebody else and I'm not going to benefit financially from it just because I know it's going to help them.
1: Yeah, I, I wanted to add something Johan said as well and, and something I mentioned earlier about the starting with a few deep relationships. Not only is that um, going to be more fruitful with that person, but I also find the more... They know about you, and they know about your your business or what you're trying to do. They will have a better idea of of um, fruitful uh, referrals and relationships to to send to you. One of the things that, um, and I always tell Johan, he's uh, he, he almost bats a thousand now with with the people he introduces us to um, because he really knows who we are. He knows what we're about. And I think he thinks um, he thinks long and hard about is this a good referral? Is this somebody that not only would IGS benefit from knowing, but would those people benefit from knowing IGS? And he's already thinking about the win-win, so that when we do get together, it's very we're very quickly able to identify where those uh, those areas are that we can help each other. So it's. That, to me, that's why starting off with a small number of deeper relationships, I think, will will lead to a lot more fruit.
0: So it sounds to me like you're saying that the more that the other person can know our heart and know our passion, not just what we do, you know, I lay bricks or whatever, but know our heart and our passions, that really helps frame up in their minds uh, when a referral is just a great referral.
1: Absolutely.